You are now listening to another Nick and 30 exclusive powered by Venture Season Network. Nick's Tape, we here. Space with a much bent. Tribute with the shit to create, I'm a myth. Urban legend, divine, I appear for the right price. I can show you what it is. State of mind, no trippy and pit. Scattered flex, the original, yes. The breakout, it's the back for the rest. Trippy state, elevate, do the rest. South for that boss, even jugging for next. I'm the best up next. Get the part bench, Hall of Fame stats. I'm the great, trust the process. From story, yeah, where my heart at. That's point to bold, get your shit slapped. That's LIP on the fucking map. Heat check, nigga, bring a starter back. Throw on the rise, we the new hey. pack. Chop hey. a nigga down, they move hey. whack. Death only knock twice if you're strong enough. I got some homies, I mean I had some. Death only knock twice if you're strong enough. I got some homies, I mean I had some. Death only knock twice if you're strong enough. I got some homies, I mean I had some. Death only knock twice if you're strong enough. I got some homies, I mean I had some. What it is, what it do, folks. Back again, season three. And I believe we on episode eight now because it was triple sevens, the last one. You feel me? Yo, it's been a lit season three so far. Had a lot of amazing guests. But this episode, I just want to start off by saying I am honored to be having a guest that I've literally got to watch I've literally watched him on YouTube for a couple of years now and was like, you know what? I could probably do that. Like, he knows sports. He knows the Knicks. I know the Knicks. And I love his takes because he's a realist. So I had to go get no other than everybody knows him on YouTube. Clutch, B-Ball TV. Make sure y'all go subscribe ASAP. Go subscribe. But I have the guy himself. Matter of fact, no more talking from me. Introduce yourself, bro. Let's talk to the fans. Yo, what's going on, guys? I hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I usually don't pop on shows a lot, but whenever someone wants me to come on, I'll be free to come on. Maybe my takes are a little different than others. Like, I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm also an NBA fan at the same time. So I try to keep it real with you guys, but they're just my own opinions. And yeah, you could check me out if you want. Clutch B-Ball TV on YouTube. I'm very passionate about the Knicks. 
passionate about basketball. And yeah, thank you for your ha- thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about the Knicks. That's a fact, bro. I had to when I when I see it, I'm like, okay. I'm watching him on YouTube. I'm like, all right, he's no, he knows what you're talking about. So now I'm definitely subscribed. I'm tuning in. I made it my business when it's the next season. I'm I'm locked in. I'm doing something, even if I'm not. I gotta watch something putting out because he's gonna end up at least feeling my pain. You get what I'm saying? Like you have certain fans that just have all these ideal takes, and it's just like, okay, it's annoying. It gets nagging it gets repetitive then you have the blessing when you have the realist come through and you like thank you you understand what's going on but besides all that man let's start it off with this right for this episode let's talk about the new deal that just went down it just got reported our boy eric passed uh i'm gonna say eric p because i never get his name right with his last name yeah Donovan Mitchell's boy just signed with the Timberwolves. Now, I'm saying let's start it with this because, obviously, we thought about the Donovan Mitchell trade, what it would be like for both of them to come because we thinking, you know, that's his boy. He's not going to leave him hanging. So how do you feel about that with him signing to the Wolves? Rudy Gobert just went over there. How do you think that would probably affect things and how Mitchell probably thinks? All right, so I take a look at it from both sides because I think – because Mitchell has never officially said, I want out, I'm unhappy. The Utah Jazz, obviously, they went on to trade Rudy Gobert. They got a lot back. They got five first-round draft picks. One results in Walker Kessler. Got Jared Vanderbilt, who I think is an underrated player. He got Beverly. He got some culture-changing guys. He didn't get a crazy star back. But he could obviously utilize those draft picks in a big trade. I know him and Eric Pascal obviously had a good relationship, and I actually think Pascal's a pretty underrated player. I liked him on the Golden State Warriors. I liked him coming out of Villanova. But when you take a look at this trade situation with Donovan Mitchell, you look at the front office of Danny Ainge. We know Danny Ainge is asking for a lot, but the thing that's tricky is that Mitchell's under contract for another few years, so there's no rush to really trade Donovan Mitchell so they could take their time, but I don't know. I haven't seen Donovan Mitchell upset with this situation. Um, like, it was hard to read the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, like, relationship. Remember when it was like Donovan Mitchell wants out because the whole virus thing going on when he was touching all <laughs> over the microphone and all that. And then he comes out and says, we're good. So I'm not sure how much this really affects the situation of Eric Pascal. Like, he's not really a game changing player, but at the end of the day, players do have relationships in the league. Um, and maybe it affects it in some type of way, but what are your thoughts on that? My thing is, I look at it in the same way. Like, he's not a game-changing piece, but it was just a nice thought. Like, yeah. how much how much power does Donovan Mitchell actually have at, at his disposal? Like, mm. when you see ideal trades like this, especially for an upcoming star, an all-star, or even a bona fide superstar, you tend to see the actual power they have when it comes to these trades. Like you get to see what package you might get in return or what players are going to come with them, or you get the behind the scenes of how they made their way to that team. So with that being said, I see it as um, the Utah jazz, you know, they turned them into a restricted free agent. I mean, unrestricted free agent. So they basically let them go. They was like, you know what? They're going to let them rock out with him. Waiting with the market for so long with KD freezing, it was like he wants to be in the A. A lot of people thought he signed in Greece or something like that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people thought he signed in Greece. I was like, uh, no, I don't. I don't think he did that. But 
I think with him, it was more so, you know, I just, I got to get in where I fit in. You know, I still want to be in the NBA, so I got to still find a home for me. I can't really sit there and wait, especially like, you know, just knowing yourself, knowing yourself as a player, knowing the market you have for yourself. Um, But with that also being said, I feel like his boy Eric does play a lot into what we have seen recently with Donovan Mitchell. Like a lot of people were like, oh, Donovan Mitchell is just trolling. I'm like, he's not really just trolling. He's technically letting the Jazz know silently but out loudly, I want to go home. This is the most you've ever witnessed that Donovan has been home. Two, you you forget that Eric and Jalen Brunson was on the same Villanova team that won championships together. So, of course, Eric is... Donovan has to ask some type of questions about J- Jalen Brunson. So, of course, the trio, they had to have chilled before. Then all of a sudden, this Subway series happens. Now you see Brunson and Mitchell at the same game. You think they didn't somehow link up with each other at that game to talk one-on-one? It's the offseason. You can't stop them. So it's like it's a lot of things that's going on that that plays out, but it's a lot of key factors in the trail of breadcrumbs that's leading up to the inevitable of Donovan Mitchell will be here. I just think more so Leon Rose is playing the big chess master game. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to make you fold. The most I'm going to do, I'm going to give you all the picks you want and just evidence. That's it. That's all we're doing. I'm not, you ask for too much. You're not getting no young kids because honestly, if you give them three unprotected, three protected and two and two pick swaps plus Evan, you don't got to do no more with that trade. You don't got to add no more players. That's the, that's all, that's, that's all the money you need right there. You don't got to do anything else. So it's like, it might, it might be something crazy. It might be something crazy. But my question to you is, do you think Ainge would eventually just take that deal? That's the question. All right. So I just did a live stream on this a few days ago. Who knows if it's real? Maybe Danny Ainge is paying reporters to say that, like, all these other teams are interested in him. You know, you saw that report. Like, why the why would the Hawks be interested in the trade for Mitchell? They just got DeJounte Murray. Like, what they put Murray to the three? Like, what? It's not going to yeah. work. <laughs> Before, it wouldn't make any sense. I know Sacramento Kings were a team that came out, like, but are the Kings going to give up on, like, I'm not going to lie, that would be a Kings thing to do. They just throw Keegan Murray in the deal because we know they're a dysfunctional organization. But then you take a look at the Miami Heat. Duncan Robinson has a very unattractive contract right now. No one wants that. I'm not sure how high they are on Tyler Hero, but they don't really have any young assets that you're really attracted to. I know the Jazz are valuing draft picks. But when it comes to personnel and when it comes to draft picks, I honestly think they value us the most. Danny Ainge, though, obviously, after after he sees that he can get five first round picks for Gobert, though, I don't think he's going to let that go. He's, he's not because he's, he's going to be like Mitchell has been a better player probably since Gordon Hayward. You could say and then you can go back and like pre- previous history. So he's like, I'm going to try to get more than five first round draft picks like Gobert was still impactful. But Mitchell sold the tickets. He was the main reason people were showing up to these games. Because it's more than just basketball at the end of the day. It's a business as well. So, I, I don't know. Danny Ainge is hard to read. He's going to try to get as much back as possible. But I think Leon Rose is doing a good job. Because I feel like previous regimes, they would have just been like, this is Donovan Mitchell. I'm giving up anything for this dude. But he's playing it smart because he's thinking short-term right now. But he's also thinking long-term. Because I, I'm going to bring this up. A lot of people aren't bringing this up. Some people 
because I look at it at both sides. You could be successful maybe by not trading for a Mitchell, but at, at the same time, it's a star-driven league. At yeah. some point, you're going to have to get a star. And it's I'm kind of hesitant, would we ever be able to draft and develop a star? Obviously, we hope RJ's that. But it seems like we're like halfway with Tibbs. Like we're competing, but then trying to develop at the same time. Like Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau have different insights, you know. But going back to the draft picks, if we trade, like let's say we trade six first round draft picks, because a lot of people are going to look at all oh, those picks are going to be later. They're not really going to be valued, but you never know where your team's going to be in a few years. Like when the Nets traded for James Harden. Thank you. Thank like, you. They traded all those picks. Like the like um, everyone's saying, oh, the Timberwolves are going to be amazing. They traded for Gobert and all that. They're going to be in the playoffs. Those picks don't mean anything. In my opinion, they still may lose in the first round. Like we don't know where they're going to be in 2025. You never know with people requesting trades and those picks may end up being valuable. And then it sets back your franchise. But when you're training for a star, there's obviously that risk there. You, you always got to ch- take that risk, but I don't know. Danny Ainge is definitely b- very hard to read right now. I don't, I don't know what he's going to do, but I, I do believe Dom Mitchell will be a Nick because we have the best package. And it just seems like the reports, the closest that it has been is that they've been talking to us more, but we're, we're Knicks fans. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Definitely. Honestly, I feel like at this point, you could tell that the writings are on the wall. Danny Ainge is crumbling. He's trying anything possible to see if there's another, another package. And the fact that every reporter has put out that it's not even the picks anymore, it's the players. It's the fact that Leon Rose has – he already know Danny Ainge. He already gave him the amount of picks. Like, you can have the picks, but these players – you're not getting that. They see the thing that messed Danny Ainge up, and a lot of some people, not even a lot, some people get it, some people don't. It was the players he got back in return in the deal that messed him up with Gobert. The fact that he got those typical players in the Rudy trade, Leon looked at it was like, why am I gonna give you the good? My young players are better than your young players. I'm not. I'll give you the picks, but the players, nah. You, you're going to need a veteran, and I don't think – even if you want to go Miami because Miami is supposed to be the best suitor besides us, you don't want Tyler Hero because eventually, you know what I'm saying, you just don't want him because yeah. – you know, I love Tyler Hero and all, but he just doesn't fit with the Jazz organization. That's like basically having two Jordan uh, Clarsons over there. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's true. And then when you think about Duncan Robinson, let's be honest here. Evan Fournier is a better shooter than Duncan Robinson. So, like, you're going to want – especially, especially the money he's getting paid, too. And especially, like, you got to look at it like this. You still haven't let go of Mike Conley. You still have Jared Butler over there. So, if you wanted Evan Fournier, you can do a backcourt instantly of Mike Conley and Evan Fournier. You have two veterans. They can lead the way, help you get wherever you want to be. You still want to be competitive while low-key trying to tank. You get what I'm saying? Now, in last week's episode, I also threw in that if Grimes was on the table, that would be a good pairing for them because then I'm thinking future-wise, you pairing Jared Butler with Quentin Grimes. That would give you the net, you know, Baylor 2.0, basically a taller version of um, Davion Mitchell. Same Mm -hmm. defensive prowess, just a little bit taller, sniper. But obviously, due to what we've seen on Twitter – Quinn Grimes ain't going nowhere. So that was Leon Rose saying, yeah, I took too long. Now he's off the table. Where do we stand now? Like he's, he's basically every time they take longer, 
Leon Rose is pulling another player out the list. Oh, you said you wanted Obi? You're not getting him. Oh, you want Grimes? You're not getting him now. So you, you already know you're not getting quickly because quickly helped us basically convince uh, Donovan Mitchell to come here. So now you only got the picks. It's either you take it or you don't because either way, Donovan Mitchell's going to leave. So you want to miss out on these picks? That's why I feel like we're going to make them fold. Now, in other news from Donovan Mitchell, right? You've seen the latest footage of Julius Randle. Now, a lot of people like oh, always bring up Randle. I have to because the bounce on that boy, I haven't seen him jump like that since he broke his leg coming into the league. I haven't seen that since his college day. So that's it's looking good. Like, okay, maybe he really understood and understood like, bro, I got to lock in for real. How do you feel about that, you know? A lot of people say, you know, workouts, everybody looks like a god. But from his standpoint, how do you look at it? Okay, this is the way I look at it. I respect what Randall's doing. We know it was a rough year last year, you know. And we know he, he obviously has talent. But it comes down to his attitude. It comes down to his shot selection. Like, he's putting in the work. He looks thin, giving him credit. Like, he's always going to make sure that he puts in the work. But it comes down to up here, his basketball IQ. Him getting stronger doesn't affect his basketball IQ. Again, maybe some things change if we get a Donovan Mitchell or maybe with Jalen Brunson, someone that could distribute the basketball to him because he hasn't had the best of lead guards lately. Obviously, like in his career, having Alec Burks at point guard, that doesn't really set you up to be successful. Just, well, the New York Knicks history in general, just new point guard after new point guard. But can Randall sense a double team? Could he sense when someone's coming over? Is he... Is he going to sacrifice a role if we do bring over a Mitchell? Is he still going to attempt these fadeaway off-balance jumpers or attempt these deep twos? Like, he should recognize when to attack the basket. He shouldn't always be settling. Like, he is so strong. Again, he's very talented, but it, it comes down to his basketball IQ, knowing when to give up the ball. If someone's on fire, he should recognize it. It comes down to his awareness. It comes down to his IQ. He has talent. I respect that he's putting in work, but we need to see it out there on the court because I, I feel – I'm not trying to hate, but every player, when you're in the NBA, you should be putting in work. Like, it's your job. You're trying to be the best possible player. But, yeah, credit to him, but I just hope he doesn't have a bad attitude. And he just has a – I'm just hoping he has the right head on his shoulders this upcoming season. But respect to him for what he's doing. Definitely, man, definitely. I feel, I feel the same way about it. And, you know, while being on the topic, let's just say Donovan Mitchell doesn't come. How do you feel the current roster will actually do now – you know, with your takes, what you're known for, you break down and really dive into it. With our current roster, how can we make it work? Just to get back to the playoffs. Like, what would, like, you're going to start with this roster, then you can see a percentage of games. You might switch up some lineups, trade deadline, you might make a move. How can we get to whatever seating you see with this current roster and get out the first round? I'm going to say this right now. Sadly, I don't think we're getting out of the first round with this roster if we don't get Donovan Mitchell. Ah. I'm going to say this, though. I could be wrong because this team goes as far as R.J. Barrett goes. If R.J. Barrett takes a huge jump, then who knows? Maybe we shock some people. And the thing with this overall constructed roster, it obviously depends who we start, Grimes or Fournier. I don't like, like, we need more athleticism. I feel like we need more pop in this lineup personally like Brunson he, he could attack the basket he's one of the most finished um efficient finishers in the league when attacking the basket or finishing at the rim but then if you put Evan Fournier there 
I don't like his defense. I, I have a feeling Tibbs is going to start Fournier because of the experience factor, because we know Tibbs is going to try to win games no matter what. We know he's a good shooter. I feel he'd be looked at a lot differently if he was played as a six man and if he didn't have that contract, because he's still a very good shooter. I just don't look at him as a starter personally. But I personally would like to see Grimes in the starting lineup because we need defense. We need mentally tough players that aren't afraid of the big moment. And we need some upside. Like, we know what we're getting with Fournier. Like, Grimes may develop and improve throughout the season, and we won't know what our ceiling is. But if RJ, because RJ obviously had a bigger role towards the end of the season when Randall went on to get her and they just consistently gave him the ball more. If he could become a more efficient shooter, like, off the dribble, like, the main thing with him is really shot creating, in my opinion. Like, he gets the rack, but he needs to learn how to finish as well. Like, he knows how to get there, but he's pretty inefficient getting to the rack, and you have to execute from the free throw line. I like that he's not afraid to take on big defensive assignments, but we need shot creators at the end of the day. That's why I like that. That's why I like Brunson, though. Like, Brunson has hesitations, like, in his bag. He could get the floaters. He could – he's kind of unorthodox as well. He's 6'1", but he plays extremely strong when it comes to get, getting to the basket and knocking guys off balance. So he, he's a three-level scorer. He's going to try on the defense side of the basketball, but when it comes to certain assignments, he will struggle. That's why, personally, I would put Grimes next to him because the defense would be awful. And with this lineup, if we start a Fournier, you're asking three players out of this lineup to be very good defensively in order for us to be successful because you can't count on Brunson consistently defensively, can't count on Fournier. Arja will have to take a huge leap. Randall. He can't do what he's doing last year when he's walking up and down the court. Like, he's going to have to show more effort on the defensive side of the basketball and really be locked in. Mitch, he's a good rim protector, but he still needs to learn how to be disciplined. But in my opinion, it comes down to RJ's growth, his development. Does Brunson take that next leap? Because we're in a weird state right now. Some people think we're trying to win now. We're stuck in mediocrity. But then you could also look at it as maybe we gave Brunson – because the, the market's interesting, but – like Leon Rose, you take a look at World Wide West, they've known Jalen Brunson for a very long time. So they may take a look at it as he's 25 years years of age. He may be kind of limited when it comes to physically and athletically, but you could always get smarter as a player. And who knows how we'll be in a bigger role as well. I think we'll be competitive. I personally don't think we'll make it to the playoffs. But I don't know. I If RJ Bear pops off, maybe we'll make it to the playoffs. We'll see. I feel like... <clears throat> All your takes are on point utility. I feel like if I'm the Knicks on, on my side, with this upcoming year, I'm factoring two key things. Of course, RJ takes the leap. And how do I really feel about Cam Reddish? Mm. Because if I take an accountability that Cam Reddish can pop the way I feel, going into training camp is going to be a dogfight for the starting spot between Grimes, for obvious reasons, Evan Fournier, if he's still here, for obvious reasons, and Cam Reddish. Now, in my opinion, Cam Reddish knows his contract year. Cam Reddish knows his proven time year. And Cam Reddish knows that when you look at this roster, he is solidified as significantly the only realistic and the only guy that actually is a 6'8 small forward on the team so if I'm him I ball out I prove my worth the starting lineup should actually be if the Knicks want to do this right with the current roster and I'm gonna give you the starters 
the bench, all that. I'm going to give you how the whole system works. Jalen Brunson, of course, is your point guard. RJ is your two. Cam Reddish is now your three. Randall's your four. Obi's, I mean, Obi's your five. Mitchell is your five. D Rose at the one for the for the backcourt of the you know second unit quickly. Now this is where it gets crazy. Quentin Grimes and Evan, they're gonna split minutes for now if Evan is still here. And that's only until the trade deadline, because obviously Quentin Grimes is gonna do what he has to do, and then they're gonna get Evan out of here because they're still gonna find a move to do at the deadline. You can tell that if we don't do a move to get Donovan now. That just means that we're going to wait till later on in the deadline because now we got to wait till the season starts. So, like I said, you got D Rose quickly, Evan and Grom split minutes, Obi, Hartenstein, and that's your lineups. And me personally, that's the way you give it up. You let Cam take the role that RJ had. So that way it puts the battery in Cam's back. Oh, you want to be the guy? Show me you could be the guy. Do what RJ had to do. Now, RJ, we just needed you to get your efficiency up. Now that we have a point guard that can break down the defense, you can slide over to become that two that we needed. So that way you can take more shots. If you look at the league, it's a guard-driven league, but the guards that really go off and do the most are the guys that either are slotted at the one or the two. So if we let RJ become the two, you do what you need to do. You let Cam become his wing player. Now you got them two on the wing. They already have experience doing that. You open up the floor for Randall because no matter what, Cam can shoot. Randall can shoot when he wants to, but play bully ball. He's slimmed down as well, so you got to factor that in now. He's slimmer now. That means he's faster. That's not a lot of weight anymore. Then you got Brunson that's basically baby D. Rose. When it comes to quickness, the shiftiness, I'm not talking about bounce, just the quickness, the shiftiness. If you want to compare that, that's the reason why, even if you want to tie in the whole Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler was Tom Thibodeau's creation. That's what RJ is. His proven star was D. Rose. That's what Jalen Brunson became. Now he needs a superstar. That's what every team needs. That's where Donovan Mitchell comes into play. And the fact that all three of those guys are on the same timeline, that's why they want it all to fit because all the other pieces fit in those timelines, which is the reason why you don't need all those plus, like all those crazy amount of picks that we are willing to give up. That's just a quick breakdown, folks, for anybody that was trying to figure out why we really don't need these picks. All these guys are in their 20s, not even knocking on their prime yet, and they still can be here for years to come to where you won't even think about those picks because why we're consistently in the playoffs that's where the bigger picture is now back into the overall spill of it i feel like that would be the best way to go i feel like cam knows that that's the way he needs to go and i think it's gonna happen i think the fact that the knicks organization with the amount of rumors they had if they wanted to let cam go they would have let him go and you still have to factor in if rj is going to be the face of this team and the fact that RJ still has yet to sign a contract extension, obviously there means that they already talked to RJ and said, look, we're going to fix this team up. We, who do you want here? Who do you want to go before we decide to give you this extension? RJ must have said, the only way I'm going to take whatever cut you want me to take so we can make it balance for everybody, because obviously RJ must be taking a pay cut if he's waiting this long. They yeah. 
I'm sorry. There's no way you're not telling me RJ's not taking a pay cut if he's waiting. He's waiting this long for a reason. He wanted the team to do what they needed to do, gave them the flexibility to do so. He said, worry about me later, which is understandable. That's what you call growing and molding your homegrown superstar. And with that being said, Cam came over here for a reason. You don't let Cam Reddish go. You don't. You just don't. It just doesn't make sense. Cam Reddish is an interesting situation because I was pretty excited when we got Cam Reddish because we knew he was like one of the top players coming out of high school. He went to Duke. Then he was like the third, the third fiddle to Zion and then RJ. And mm-hmm. he showed flashes, but he wasn't consistent. But then he was like taking tenth overall. And I'm like, there's tons of talent here. I remember he was getting compared to like Paul George. I'm not one of those mixed fans. Like I think Cam Reddish has talent, but you go on Twitter, sometimes you think Cam Reddish is Michael Jordan, the way he's being talked about sometimes yeah, on definitely, Twitter. Definitely. <laughs> um, but when we traded for Cam Reddish, I was like, we didn't give up a lot. We gave up Kevin Knox, who I was high on his rookie year. But then I personally think bringing in uh, Marcus Morris at the time kind of ruined his confidence. Knox was still a project. He still has tons of work on, um, tons to work on a draft pick. That's really not that valuable. And Cam Reddish brought us – was going to bring us an element of shot creation and athleticism, especially when you took a look at that year we made it to the playoffs. One of the reasons we struggled in the playoffs, you have Alfred Payne who can't break down a defense. Reggie Bullock, he can't create off the bounce at all. RJ, even though he shot it very well from three, most of it was like in the corner or relocating outside on the perimeter. Randall was pretty much your whole offense. So I was like, I like this. Reddish is young. He has, he has tons of talent. He can create off the bounce. He's athletic. He could shoot it, shoot it from the outside. And when engaged, he's good defensively. Because that was the concern with Radish coming out of Duke or him being traded from Atlanta to New York. Like, so the Hawks, yeah, there was a log jam. But if, if, he, if they really believe in him, why did they just give up on him like that? Like, is there motor concerns? Is there a work ethic concern? And when we traded for him, Leon, I, I liked it also from this perspective. Leon's thinking long term. He's not just trying to trade for one win now guy. He's like, this guy is talent. He's still on his rookie deal. Maybe we have something out of him. Then you see the reports. Tom Thibodeau didn't want him. So then he barely plays. That's the thing that's holding me back from thinking he's going to start. Would it make sense? Would it? Yeah, in my opinion, would it make sense to start him? It would be good for us. We wouldn't know what our ceiling is. We might progress throughout the year. Um, but the thing when you take a look at Cam Reddish, he barely played. And your best ability is availability. And sadly, he's not been able to stay healthy. He's had like two sh- shoulder injuries. He's also hurt his ankle. He, he's a talented player. You, there's just still some inconsistency issues, but you, you're just not going to have a role in the NBA if you can't stay healthy. I think he, he has tons of talent, and he deserves at least to get valuable minutes because he brings something we don't have. But the Redder situation is just so interesting because he, he, there's clearly something there. It's just like the Knicks don't want to unlock it right now, but I hope they unlock him in some type of role th- this upcoming season. And the crazy thing about it, and especially with, you know, going into the final eight minutes of the show, is a lot of people don't want to admit this, but I had to really analyze and break it down. A lot of people felt like RJ is the X factor this season. RJ was the X factor of last season to help us push and drive what we truly need to do for a direction. The X factor for this upcoming season is actually, we have two X factors. It comes, well, obviously it looks like they're both would be here. So the X factors for me, the prime number one X factor is Cam Reddish. 
if you can get Cam Reddish to tap in and say, I know there's a starting spot available and I'm taking it. If he can get that spot, it's game over because he's never going to lose it again. You got to understand, he had to try to beat out so many people. And a lot of people don't tend to understand that even though Tom was being hard on him, if you look at his run before he got injured in that game, and especially because this one time, we could say Cam actually didn't hurt himself. The other dude injured Cam by low bridging. Yeah, let's everybody forgets how he got injured. He got low bridge and fell on his shoulder. It wasn't like Cam just went up and did something crazy on his own. So when we look into it, even though he had to earn his minutes, Tom at one at a couple of points going into about Cam's final three or four games, he started calling his number before you seen IQ come off that bench, before you seen Obi come off that bench. Then he would keep Cam in the game longer than because why? Cam started showing. The, the uh, like, bro, if I put my mind to it and play defense and offense, I'm unstoppable. Now, imagine having that pair next to RJ, the guy that he's going to force you if you're playing with me to do it. I'm telling you, God, I'm telling everybody, everybody that's tuning in for this episode, Cam Reddish is the X factor of this season. X factor number two is Quentin Grimes, and it's only due to developmental purposes. When I look at that, I look at it like this. Cam Reddish should automatically, if you look at talent and overall raw aspect of it, he should beat out Grimes and Evan for that spot. But then through development, Grimes should get Evan the hell up out of here because no cap, they are the same player. Just I got honest truth. Grimes plays better defense. And then on top of that, he's shown in summer league, he can do something Evan can't. He can create off the dribble. He has a better IQ of passing. He has a better IQ to the game. And his fundamentals are basically sound. I have a question for you. Because this, uh-huh. this is the concern I have um, with Tom Thibodeau. So I've mentioned this before. Like, eventually he did play Obi. Eventually he did play Reddish. He played Grimes. But the thing I'm concerned with is there's a difference between playing them and then playing them throughout their strengths. Because we see Grimes do these things like he's able to facilitate. I'm not saying he's going to be some fantastic passer, but he obviously has a solid feel for the game. We know Obi likes to cut to the basket, utilizes athleticism. We, he kind of got outside of the box towards the end of the season. We saw like the Raptors game, Wizards game and all that. But I feel like Tibbs isn't playing these guys throughout their strengths at all. Like I feel like he places them in the corner or just like really restricts Grimes. Like, like he treats Grimes like just a pure 3 and D player. Don't put it on the floor. Just catch and shoot. I hope he opens it up a little more. I'm not asking to like perform off the dribble like crazy, but I feel like he kind of limits our ceiling, Tom Thibodeau, with these young guys with what they could potentially do. Because like we we've seen Tom Thibodeau's offense, it, it's extremely bland. Hopefully, it changes with the point guard. But what what are your thoughts on that? Like I'm kind of concerned when it comes to the young guys. Like yeah, we may see some development, but I want to see them being utilized the right way. Um, honestly, I see it like this with Tom Thibodeau admitting that he made a mistake by not playing the young guys and then watching the route that Leon Rose took with this offseason so far by getting rid of his Tom Thibodeau's toys. Basically, what all of us fans been saying forever, if you take Tom's toys away with these veterans and you force him to play these kids, 
He has no choice to utilize what he has. But then also, what did he do? Leon Rose saw that. He said, all right, I'm going to strip them away, but I'm going to also add in some other young pieces in here that can keep that flow up. So now Tom has different combinations. If you look at the players he brought in just by bringing in Brunson and um, Hartenstein, Hartenstein, the biggest thing about him is not the I fact like- that he can shoot. Yeah, it's not the fact that he can shoot. It's the fact that he's a five that can pass out of this world. So now that you have that, that breaks down why Obi can still sit there and cut to the basket whenever he wants. That sits down why now you can have it to where uh, Brunskin can probably get caught up. IQ can get caught up. D Rose can get caught up. The fact that you've seen Quentin Grimes able to put it on the floor. I would rather put Quentin Grimes on the floor before I go get an Evan because I, yo, we got two guards that's on the floor right now that we can't break down. So now boom, Brunson, IQ, D Rose quickly. I need y'all to break down this defense so that way we have a one-two punch in and out and we still got our scores over here. So it's a lot of different combinations by just adding those two pieces and getting out, getting those vets out because those vets are already locked in their ways of how they play. These young guys have so much raw talent, you can create the mold of a new system. And that's why I keep saying to people, this is like a new Bulls team to Tom now. Like Tom now has every piece he needs. He's just missing one. He's just missing that one piece. And the only thing he's missing is, and a lot of people don't understand, and this is why I'm so cool with the, if we get deep, I mean, if we get Mitchell, then we trade Randall to go get, you know, uh, Westbrook to cut him and then bring in Melo is because getting Mitchell is just the Melo 2.0. It's just giving Tom what he wanted years ago with D-Rose, Noah, and Melo. He's like, okay, I could do this with RJ, Brunson, and Mitchell. I can do it with these three. Then you have, you know, Mitchell Robinson to be the new Joe Kim Noah, his defensive anchor. You have Obi, which is his new Todd Gibson. So it's like, it's a whole lot of new aspects that he had. So it's, it's lit. It's yeah. lit. And I, I like that you brought up Joe Kim Noah because, like, obviously, Hornstein's not close to Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah won Defensive Player of the Year. But they could pass the rock. They could both pass the rock and they could rim protect. Like, I watch Hardenstein. I'm like, this guy deserved more minutes. And when he had a bigger role, like, he is a good feel. And we don't really have a guy that could pass out of the post. Like, he's kind of unorthodox. Like, he puts up these, like, floaters at the center position. Like, I did like the Hardenstein pickup because he gives us an, an element that we don't have. But if, if we got, like, I like that you brought up the Russell Westbrook-Randall thing. So if we get Mitchell, would you do that? Because I, I personally, if it's true, this report, I like Leon Rose, the lens he's looking through, because a lot of people are concerned. Oh, if we trade for Mitchell, that like if let's say we do trade away like a couple of young guys, we trade away our picks and everyone's just going to be like, oh, our ceilings tapped out. We are, we're either winning a championship or not with the squad of Brunson, Mitchell, RJ Randall or yeah, Randall, if he's still here. And hold then on, bro, Robert, hold that thought real quick. Hold on, folks. It's getting so real, so lit. We got to take a quick break. We're coming right back. I got to let him finish that. Hold on, y'all. Hold on. We're coming right back. All right. We back, folks. We back. And I know you're not used to this, but as y'all know, anchor.fm slash start. Make sure y'all tune in. That's how you can podcast. That's how I've been doing it. That's how a lot of folks been doing it. So I'm putting y'all on game, man. I'm putting y'all on game. And I know it's kind of different because it's so late into the episode, but like I said, this is going to be very informational. You know how I do. You know how Clutch B-Ball TV does as well. 
we do a lot of breakdowns and we break down, we make sure you get the full spill. But continue, bro. Continue on what you was just saying. Yeah, so everyone thinks, obviously, if we go on to trade for Donovan Mitchell, we give up a couple of young guys, we give up our future draft capital, that we're capped out. That's what we have to compete and try to win with. Of You have Jalen Bronson, you have Donovan Mitchell, you have RJ, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. And there's kind of a risk, obviously, trading Randle because he's a talented player, but we obviously know the concerns with his attitude. Some people want him gone. Like, once you thumbs down the fans, you're not going to really get respected by, by New York, but I feel the front office does respect him based off of what he did in that one year. So if that Westbrook thing goes down, because I know when I made a video on this, plenty of people were like, no, I don't want freaking Russell Westbrook. What are you talking about? We wouldn't be trading away Randall for Westbrook for Westbrook to play. We would be buying him out because it would just simply make no sense at all because we have Brunson and obviously we have like quickly on the roster. We have Rose and obviously we would have Donovan Mitchell. And honestly, I think Westbrook's ego he personally wouldn't be okay with coming off the bench, but that would actually give us more flexibility within the cap if we went on to trade away Julius Randle's contract and buy out Westbrook. And maybe someone's attracted to playing with the Donovan Mitchell, like looking at the culture we're really, um, really building. So, and and a lot of like a lot of people aren't looking at this side of it either. When once you get Donovan Mitchell, you're trying to win because you got Brunson, you got Mitchell, you got you got these contracts. And if we do bring in a Mitchell, RJ would probably extend extend RJ. But let's say RJ Barrett improves, but he doesn't improve to the point that the organization's really impressed with it. Like, uh, we're not sure if this guy's going to be a star. And then possibly to really raise the ceiling. Again, I want RJ Barrett to work out. You could potentially trade trade RJ as well. I'm just saying there's other ways that you could really change this team or make this team better. Even if we do go on to trade for Adopt Mitchell, we could do the Randall trade or let's say something unexpected doesn't work out, like RJ doesn't live up to what the organization wants him to. Uh, I'm just saying there's another way to really improve the team as well. No, definitely. It definitely is, man. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to the season. I'm, it's just like the season is going to be so crazy. It's, it's going to be everything that we thought that we, that we were missing because now we have a point guard. He's locked in. He wants to be here. Um, we have three guys, including our point guards, that are Brunson, Obi, and RJ that literally wanted to be here since they were kids. That's a beautiful thing. You have a veteran leadership. So the veteran leadership on this team now is no other than D-Rose, which can help you unlock things. He's going to help Jalen Brunson, which is, you know, who Jalen Brunson was like an all-time friend with. So there's a connection there. But my last question to you before we head out of this is, how do you actually feel? about the whole Jalen Brunson and all his connections? Because this is a hot topic that's been going around a lot right now. Do you, are you concerned a little bit? Or how do, how do you actually take it? Because on my end, I don't see a bad thing on it. I feel like the way he carries himself and the way he's always been since high school, because I've always actually followed Jalen Brunson as a player. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's, he's very hardworking and nose driven and he takes accountability for anything he does. He doesn't care who's around him, but how do you feel about it? You know, but having all the connection he has, does it, is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Something to worry about? Yeah. Well, it was obviously a good thing for us for bringing in a point guard, having these connections. Cause we know one of the main reasons, or we don't know the true reason why we hired Leon Rose, but we know the whole thing. CAA, he has connections. And if you didn't know, um, Leon Rose's son, who's an agent, like his first ever client was Jayla Brunson. 
So there's that connection. Worldwide, West has known him since he was little. Tom Thibodeau has known him since he was little. So I know the NBA is definitely going to look into that. I just feel like we're going to have some bad luck because we're the next one. We're probably. You think we're going to get fined for this? Have we officially gotten fined yet? The the re- the main reason why we're not going to get fined is and shout out to him. Shout out to Mark Cuban because had he not did that interview and basically you know stated out loud, even if he was being sarcastic, but the fact that he did the interview and stated that he wished nothing for the best and you know he doesn't feel like it was tampering or anything at all and that's not his job to determine but the fact that you know he did make that statement and look how long it's been since the contract has already been signed we would have got we would have been got hit with tampering and you got to think about it like this if if that was were to be a tampering thing i don't even think this donovan mitchell trade would have took this long like it would it wouldn't we don't even still be having this whole so we we're not getting tampered for that. It was, it was pretty funny though how like before free agency opened, like it was like Jalen Brunson the only player with like the estimated contract he was gonna get, and I, I was just la- laughing. But I'm like, oh my gosh, we're gonna get in so much trouble. But we'll we'll wait and see what happens. Obviously, Brunson's a New York Nick, and I I hope he works out here. He grew up a Knicks fan. Um, the only thing I'm not happy with Jalen Brunson about because obviously went to Villanova. He's a, he's a damn Eagles fan. Like uh, that, yeah, that killed me, bro. I was that like, this is me off. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, bro, you gotta change that team, man. Y'all got lucky. Y'all weren't even supposed to beat the uh, y'all weren't supposed to beat uh Tom Brady, man. I'm not feeling that. We were supposed to be the, the team that yeah, when it came to the Eagles, but but we beat but we beat Tom Brady twice though. How about that? Like we did it twice. Like, but it, it is what it is, man. I'm just happy that he's here. But I know for a fact the last breadcrumb we got so far. The fact that we got to see Brunson and Donovan Mitchell at this Mets game together, we got to look into that because, as you know, we're getting into the whole new week. We're getting closer. Now I think we're even getting closer to training camp because it's about to be August now. So now players got to get ready to go. That's why you see a whole bunch of workout videos coming out. So it's going down, folks. It's going down. I hope you all ready for it. Mitchell, if you're going to come to New York, you need to just bring your ass already, bro. Like, hurry up. Just – Say you want out already, man. Just say you want out. You feel me? Other than that, Clutch, I appreciate you, my brother. It was an honor to have you on the show. And we definitely going to get another one going sometime in the season when it gets hectic. We're going to get another episode for sure, bro. Other than that, it's been real. It's been cool. Any last thing you want to say to the fans before we get up out of here? Uh, thank you for having me on. I had a good time. I just hope... um. The New York Knicks are building this thing right for the president and moving forward. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Definitely. Oh, and lastly, let the people know where they can follow you at one more time just so they can stay in touch. Oh, yeah. You can subscribe to me on Clutch B-Ball TV if you want. My Twitter is Clutch B-Ball TV as well. Whenever games are going on, you may see me overreact or post something crazy on there. So, yeah, you can check me out on there. Definitely, man. Definitely. Make sure y'all subscribe. Make sure y'all get in tune. Make sure you follow his Twitter. You follow mine as well, at Nickin30. Y'all already know the spill. Season three, episode eight. <laughs> it's been amazing. It's your guy, Dope DeFino, a.k.a. Trippie OG, whichever you prefer. I'll catch y'all next week, man. We out of here. In disguise, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. surprised. I'm disguised as a legend. Can I lie? I'm my prime. This is the time. Yeah.
no jibber jabber. Don't understand it. Are you and me coming from the same planet? You lack the knowledge, too dumb to understand shit. So let me clarify so you can understand it. I'm in my prime as a legend. Just listen close to the struggle, can't you hear it? Pac is crying, I'm out to get it. Can't stop us now, we independent. I'm after everything, my team with me. Born legends with the heat, stay out the kitchen. All you get burned is thrill seekers at its best. You niggas never learn. Huh? I am a prime, cannot lie. I am a legend in disguise. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. I am disguised as a legend. Cannot lie. I am my prime. This is the time. Yeah. Cover that hand, never pretend, no juice and can. I'm back again, the brick boards. I'll eat a front truck, kick, push them droppers, boy. I'm fucked up, nosebleed, dive and get your funds up. That slick talk. Try and catch me slipping, get your shit broke and piss po. Late train surfing to the shift store. Food for thought, price of the tag that I became a boss. Crap the little demons that'll eat you up. Thrill of a murder, now the seeker up. I've been a nut. Toe tag, heat, seek, nigga, I give it up. Send them beaming up. Cross paths, got your leader stuck. Po- Go trippin', keep chatting, go and stick em up Jibber jabbin', sealin' loose lips, just keep it G, son I am a prime, cannot lie, I am a legend in disguise Don't be surprised, don't be surprised I am disguised as a legend, cannot lie, I am my prime This yeah. is the time, yeah. yeah I'm in the stool, writing these checks I'm bodying you, biting the rest the rap doctor suits, I be the best Green eggs, ham and weed, I'm really stressed I'm really next up, keep to your wishing and talking bitch You'll never flex up, this is your finish I'm parking it, you'll never catch up Still I'ma kill him and follow with a fucking check from Anyone playing and copping this, I swear I'm next up Again I'ma say it, ain't talking shit, this a confession Warning whatever you call this shit, this gon' collect us None of this ever gon' fall off, this verse is a living legend See me stepping, no question, look your bitch off I am a prime, cannot lie, I am a legend in disguise Don't be surprised, don't be surprised I am disguised as a legend, cannot lie, I am my prime This is the time